Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings for today are from the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time in the B Cycle. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. If he gives his life as an offering for sin, he shall see his descendants in a long life, and the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. Because of his affliction, he shall see the light in fullness of days. Through his suffering, my servants shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Upright is the word of the Lord, and all his works are trustworthy. He loves justice and right. Of the kindness of the Lord, the earth is full. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. See, the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him, upon those who hope for his kindness to deliver them from death and preserve them in spite of famine. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Our soul waits for the Lord, who is our help and our shield. May your kindness, O Lord, be upon us, who have put our hope in you. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He replied, What do you wish me to do for you? They answered him, Grant that, in your glory, we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We can. Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 2020 wasn't a great year for most of us. And I don't know about you, but I think my calendar stopped because there are days that I feel like 
2020 is still going on. About a month ago, I was driving north on I-77, continuing my nearly constant bouncing from place to place as my 2020 goes into its 23rd month. And just so I wouldn't uh, forget what year I was stuck in, traffic suddenly stopped in front of me. I slammed on my brakes and I stopped just inches short of smashing into the car in front of me. My back bumper, however, was not as fortunate. The young lady behind me was just a moment late on her brake reflex and managed to hit me. Praise God it wasn't super serious, so there wasn't any seven-hour backup on the interstate. So we pulled over to the side of the road, called the police, exchanged insurance information, and amiably chatted for about an hour while we waited for the police report. No reason for either of us to get upset. After all, it's 2020, right? Right. So then began the phone and email dance with the insurance company to get my car fixed. When I finally arranged to take my car in, I found joy. Seriously, the young lady working at the car rental counter, her name was Joy. She began our relationship with five simple words. How can I help you? And you know what? I actually believe that she was sincere. I don't know what was going on in Joy's life that day. She's probably still living in 2022. But her task was to help me. And she was serious about it. Serious, however, with a smile. That smile brought out a smile in me. And even though the only car she had available for me to rent is a minivan that smells of cigarette smoke, well, I was okay with that because Joy really seemed focused on making my 2020 better. And for that day, at least, it was. I think James and John could use a lesson from Joy. We hear in today's gospel, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Jesus replied, what do you wish, wish for me to do for you? And they answered him, grant that in your glory, we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Now, this is the essentially uh, delayed response of two brothers to Jesus's third prediction of his passion in Mark's gospel. So Jesus three times tells um, his disciples about what's going to happen in Jerusalem, and they, he had just told them the third time. And this is James and John's response to that. That's right. Jesus has just told his thick-headed friends for the third time that when they get to Jerusalem, the Jewish leaders are going to conspire with the Roman government to arrest, torture, and kill him. Some of the apostles refuse to accept it. You remember, Peter's not too happy. Most of the others just don't or uh, just don't accept it, or they or they don't want to accept it or or understand it. James and John. However, instead of asking Jesus, how can I help you, which would kind of be the compassionate response, instead say to him, hey, Jesus, what's in this for us? We hear in Isaiah's uh, um, prophecy in our first reading today, the Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. Through his suffering, my servant shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Now, this is from the fourth of Isaiah's suffering servant songs, which foreshadow the earthly ministry of Jesus. His essential role, the suffering servant, Jesus's essential role, is to be what the letter to the Hebrews calls the great high priest. He is sent to suffer vicariously, that is, to endure the just punishment of sins of others, because, of course, he is like us in all things except for sin. Now, that's what a priest does by definition. 
means the great high priest, and a priest, by definition, offers sacrifice on behalf of the people he serves, but also on behalf of himself. What makes Jesus the great high priest is that he has no reason to offer sacrifice for himself. So his sacrifice is purely a loving act done out of love for us. Jesus gets nothing out of it. And unlike the temple sacrifices, which were insufficient, remember in Hosea, we hear that uh, God says to the people, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Jesus offers a true sacrifice, which is a contrite heart. Remember in Psalm 51, we hear, For you do not desire sacrifice, or would I give it, a burnt offering you would not accept. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit, a contrite, humbled heart, O God, you will not scorn. So that's the kind of sacrifice that the Lord wants. Jesus' heart breaks for our sins, his contrite heart, because he knows that they keep us from entering into the Father's presence, the Holy of Holies. And so he offers himself so that both justice is served and we are freed from our bondage. Now, we understand that Jesus suffers and dies for our sins so that our sins are no longer held against us. There really is only one possible reaction to that, joy. And then, having already freed us from sin, Jesus then asks us still further, as he asked James and John, what do you wish me to do for you? Jesus, just like joy and enterprise car rental, but on steroids, really desires to fulfill their request, which is no small demand. James and John say, grant in your glory that we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Now, rather than rebuke them for that remark, Jesus tells them the truth, that they don't know what they're asking. Because what they truly desire is a share in his glory. The right and the left thing is really not that important to them in the end. What they want is a share in his glory. And Jesus wants that for them for it's the only way their hearts will be satisfied. He knows that. He created them. But to get there, they must drink the cup that he drinks and be baptized with the baptism with which he is baptized, as he says in verse 38. The only way to share in his life, then, is to share in his priesthood. The priesthood of the great high priest. It is, in reality, for that very reason that he created them, that he created us so that we might share in his priesthood. One of the most important teachings of the Second Vatican Council was helping every Christian understand the universal call to holiness. By our baptism, each of us is called to share in the priesthood of Jesus Christ according to our vocation in life. That's the only way to lasting joy, for he is, as he tells us in John's Gospel, the way the truth, and the life. And sharing in his priesthood, we have to share in his sacrifice, not to atone for our own sins, because he's done that already, but to offer ourselves for the sins of others, just like he did. His pain is real because he sees us hurting ourselves, and so he intercedes with the Father on our behalf. But experiencing the joy of being forgiven, we witness others who unwittingly hurt themselves with their sin and, and with their lack of faith. And so we want to offer our pain, far less than his pain, certainly, but, a hum, but as a humble offering 
so to somehow share or contribute in some way to his priestly ministry of intercession for others. And so our question changes from, Lord, what's in it for us, to, Lord, who do you want me to suffer for? Who's hurting themselves and causing themselves pain? Lord, accept my suffering for them in thanksgiving and in gratitude for what you've done for me. Paradoxically, paradoxically it's, it's in that suffering that we become like him, that our lives take on meaning and that we share in his glory. You know, I've spent a lot of time in prayer during my personal endless 2020 saying to the Lord, teacher, I want you to do whatever I ask of you. I think I know what I'm asking for, but Jesus knows what I really want. And that's a share in his glory. But to get that, I need to ask him instead, Lord, how can I help you? You offered yourself for me. Who, who do I need to offer myself for? You know, sometimes I wonder whether or not I'm uh, somehow paying for the sins of those who have done terrible things to children over the past decades of the church, that I'm suffering for, for those priests somehow. Or, or maybe, maybe I'm supposed to offer my suffering for those who have uh, and, and who continue to hurt me by their words or their actions or sometimes their inaction. Look, I, I know I'm not alone. We all have our personal 2020 going on. Sharing in the ministry of the great high priest is not easy. That's for sure. But it is glorious. So how can I help you 